Welcome back, bass players and musicians of the world at large. It is now episode 11 of the Better Bass Podcast. Man, we're 11 episodes in. This is awesome. If you're if you're this far into the podcast and you haven't already subscribed to the mailing list on the Substack, go on over to betterbass.substack.com. If you're enjoying the show, it really helps. You'll get every episode delivered right to your inbox, and it really helps to grow this thing and keep it going and enables me to keep putting it out for you all. So... Housekeeping aside, it's uh, it's new setup day for me. I just uh, just put a brand new, brand spanking new, fresh set of DR high beams, stainless steel round core strings on my bass. I've been using these strings forever, and I raised my action up a little bit. I've been kind of progressively doing that, working on that, experimenting with it, seeing where I can take it. And right now, I'm at oh, I don't, I haven't measured it. I don't really have a way to measure it, but I'm guessing my action's like four or five millimeters at the 12th fret on the on the lowest string and maybe on the highest string. It's a little smaller than that, but it's pretty, it's pretty high. It's pretty chunky. It's about as high of an action as I've uh, I've ever played on, on anybody else's electric bass. But... Brings me to, uh, brings me to why I don't really talk about gear why I haven't talked about gear much on this podcast. And number one reason is that I'm just not well-versed in it. I'm not a huge gearhead. I've owned a, a grand total of three bases. I've only really spent any time practicing on two of them. And I've only really spent any meaningful time gigging, uh, playing on stage on uh, on on one bass, my current bass, my Sire V10. It's, 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 it's a fantastic instrument. It's a beautiful instrument, but... I don't really know. Uh, I don't really know how it feels to play a P bass on stage in a band. I don't really know how it feels to play a, a, a Music Man style bass with a humbucker on stage with a band. This sort of, this sort of J style, this J style five string setup is the only thing I've really spent any time with. And this kind of the particular kind of neck that it has, the particular pickups, the active preamp, all that stuff. It's the only thing I got experience with. I can't speak to anything else. Same goes for amps for me. Same goes for pedals. I've got a few pedals. I've got a few things that I like to use. I use a delay. Uh, when I record this podcast, I've usually got the delay on. I actually don't right now because I was tr- I'm trying to expose uh, expose the sound of the bass on its own as much as I can. I got these new strings. I'm taking the opportunity to kind of find all the inaccuracies in in what I'm doing and not mask it with an effect. But I've only ever really gigged with one setup. I've only ever really heard my own sound in a room other than like sitting in and playing a couple of tunes on somebody else's show. I've only ever heard my own setup in a room in the exact configuration that it is now. So I'm not well-versed in gear. I haven't spent a lot of time experimenting, and I just really because I haven't had the opportunity on a financial level. I committed pretty early on to get myself a nice setup that I knew was going to be solid, that I knew was going to cover me for 99.9% of the music I was going to play, and I've just gone with it. And that leads me to reason number two is that it just... it Gear seems to generate so much more really heated, opinionated discussion 
on the internet, it feels like anytime I say anything about gear or even suggest anything, it just drives this it drives this vitriol out of the base community and out of people on the internet and commenters and things that I just don't see when I keep the discussion centered around musicianship and centered around practice and improvement. The gear thing is like, ah, oh, geez, I post, I post a video on Instagram that I've just got the phone sitting on my desk and it's at an angle where you can see, uh, you can see the strings and you can see how far away from the fretboard they are. And it's about some particular musical concept, or maybe I'm playing a transcription or I'm talking about, okay, here's an idea you can practice. Here's how you can work with, work with this scale, work with this chord, whatever. And then the comments I get are, oh my God, bro, set up your bass. That action looks so high. How are you playing like that? And that's just over and over on repeat. It's like, it's really low-value discussion to me. It's low-value commentary and, like, just distraction. All of the gear discussion seems to me to be distraction from the actual making of music. And I know that there's a... I, I can't really speak to this from first-hand experience, but I'm, I'm well aware that there's a large part of the modern music industry with all the... Uh, all the endorsement deals and all of this stuff and all the all the the propaganda for lack of a better way to call it that's just centered around selling gear right and the way that the way that companies drive their sales by by paying musicians and by giving free and discounted gear i can't really speak to this i'm not an expert in it i've never had an endorsement deal i've been offered one like very very small time very minor thing for uh a, a, a gadget that wasn't really useful to me. I won't name names, but it doesn't, it, it's, it's, it seems like a distraction to me. It really does. And I think before you go to, to purchase something, I think it's always worth asking, am I getting the most out of the setup that I have? Have I discovered, have I completed my quest for the sound with the setup that I have? Have I really experimented? Have I taken this to its fullest extent? And is there really a certain factor here that is holding my holding me back as a musician and that is holding me back from achieving a particular kind of sound that I want or a technical thing or whatever? Obviously, if your bass has a really warped neck and it's really twisted and you can't play without getting fret buzz above the 12th fret and you want to start playing melodic stuff off the neck... Yeah, you got to fix it. If there's something, if there's a really bad physical problem with your gear, you got to fix it. You got to upgrade. You have to have something that's reliable, especially if you're performing on a regular basis. Beyond that, everything is preference. The high action thing, the, the five string with the high C setup that I do, that people say I'm, I've been told I'm not a real bass player because, because I play bass like that and because I play, you know because I play chords up the neck and I do that whole thing. I've been told, uh, yeah, you're not a real bass player. You're just a, a, a pretender and you're just a guitarist. It's, I, it, it's hilarious. It's, it's really freaking funny. But uh, it's all personal preference in the end. 
And there are people who spend their entire careers, great bass players, amazing musicians who spend their entire careers playing instruments that cost less than $500. I'm not one of those people, though. I'm, I've got a really, really nice rig. I play, uh, I play a Sire V10. Like I said, it's, uh, it's an off-the-rack bass. It's an off-the-shelf bass. It's not a $15,000, $20,000 custom Federa or anything, but... It certainly does everything that I need it to, and I've got a really nice amp rig. I play a Aguilar Tone Hammer. I've got a Bergantino. What model is it? I'm having to look. It's a NXT, a 210, 210-inch speaker cabinet with a tweeter. That's the that's the rig that I use. But it's everything that I need, and to my ears, it doesn't get better than that. And that's the important part. If you like the sound of your gear, if you like the sound of your rig, then that's what's important. If you go try something else and you say, oh my god, this really is ten times better instantly, maybe it's worth thinking about upgrading something. But it's also worth considering that if I were to change my rig, if I were to swap my amp, if I were to swap my cabinet or something, or even on the occasions that I do, you know, I plug in my bass to somebody else's amp at a jam session or something, or there's backline provided at the gig, I feel like I get set back like thousands of hours in my process because I've spent all of this time practicing, all of this time on stage gigging with my setup, with my bass, my strings, my pickup settings, my tone through my amp and my cabinet, that is the feedback that I'm used to getting. That is what I'm used to hearing in my ears. And that's the that's the sound that I have, and that's the sound that I've refined over time. When you change a factor in there, when there's a, something different at play, when there's something else going on, you're getting used to a whole new set. You're getting used to a whole new tone and a different way that the instrument is going to respond to you. Playing the instrument the same way through a different amp, playing the same way, playing the same way with a, a certain kind of new pedal you haven't tried before even, it's not going to do exactly what you expect it to all the time. And in some cases, this is more subtle than others. You know, if it's one one transparent amp to the next, it's more subtle. But, like, I had a recent experience at a festival where I played I played through this beautiful backline amp, huge uh, Ampeg, Ampeg something. I think it was an SVT. Again, I don't really know anything about them with, like, a 610 cabinet, just massive amp, massive cabinet, outdoor festival, big stage, crank it real loud. This was this was over last summer. I started to play through it and there were some there were some occasions in this band where I was doing a lot of a lot of chord playing and I was doing a little bit of chord melody stuff in intros and interludes. And as soon as I went for I went for one of these dense voicings, something like that, and <laughs> I played it and it just crackled and distorted and it it did not sound good through that amp and I had to adapt on the fly to that and it made me play completely different in a way that wasn't good because I wasn't accustomed to it and after the gig even though that may have been a, a you know a more expensive piece of gear a legendary piece of gear that's objectively uh objectively nicer or maybe objectively better for the occasion than my own setup after the gig I got off stage I said man 
I really should have just taken my own amp up there. Even if it's even if it's inferior, even if it's not as much of a not as much of a brand name, not as nice, because I would have been able to predict it more. It would have felt more natural, and I would have been able to I would have been able to get away with a lot more, and I would have been able to just play like myself without thinking about it, without thinking about adapting to the the piece of gear behind me. So there's a whole there's a whole discussion there. There's a whole discussion about just being used to what you're used to and really, really spending the time to get the most out of what you're used to and get the most out of your gear. I'm at a point now with with this rig, with this setup that I play, where I'm really, really comfortable, and I'm super grateful that I've been able to spend the time to get there. But if you're not quite comfortable with your gear, with the setup you have, if you don't know exactly how it's going to sound when you play a note with certain settings on your gear that you're used to, then I encourage you to just stick with it a little bit and see what's possible and see how you can get the most out of what you have. There's also an extra layer to getting the most out of what you have that moves from the practice room to the stage. I find that something that sounds really, really good to me in my little my little studio here with a, a seven and a half foot ceiling where I don't play very loud, a certain tone settings, certain EQ settings, certain way of playing sounds really good to me out here, and then I get in a venue, I get in a room with the amp cranked up and I play it, and it sounds completely different. And that's a large part of the reason that I I really like changing my strings. I really like brand new strings is because once I get in a room, once I get in the mix with a band, I find my tone is a lot less trebly than I think it is. And the, the, the things that I hear, the things that I hear in this room, because I'm on these new strings, you might be hearing a little more, uh, a little more clickety-clack, a little more fret noise. A little more fret noise and extraneous stuff than you're used to, but that's really just, that's really only coming through my vocal mic. I'll do this in the editing room after, uh, after I record, but I'm going to drop this to only the, uh, only the mic on the amp here for a second. And you can hear that, that fret noise and stuff really doesn't come through the amp at all. And that's one of those things that I only really discovered by being on stage. I, I kinda kinda figured it out by recording myself, but I didn't really appreciate it until I got in a mix with a band, you know, and and I didn't really understand, oh, this tone is actually still really dark and it's still really bass focused, and it's not quite as cutting and not quite as egregious as I thought it was listening to it on its own in a room. So I can get away with playing like this on brand new fresh strings. I've I've learned to I've learned to love the feel of brand new strings. I really like changing them. It it feels to me at this point that if my accuracy is there, if I'm not having uh if I'm not having issues getting everything really accurate with the left hand, then it's just really easy to make the notes sing. It's really easy to make everything sing out and everything sustain the way that I want it to with a, a brand new set of strings versus with old dead ones. 
If it were entirely up to me, I'd change my strings like every every week at least, but uh, I avoid that. I keep it to about once a month for financial reasons, but uh, hey, DR strings, I've been probably gone through about 25 sets of your high beams in the last two years. If you want to talk about a deal and listen to the podcast, hit me up. Anyways, yeah, that'll that'll happen when pigs fly. I'm I'm nobody, but the bottom line is trust your ears and make sure you put in the time with your gear. Make sure you put in the time finding your sound. Make sure you put in the time to figure out what you want, figure out exactly what you want, what your concept is, and learn how close you can get with the setup you have and learn how to get the most out of the setup you have and try to discover all of the possibilities of your rig, all the possibilities of your bass, all the possibilities of your amp, with and without twisting knobs, you know? Find the the broadest sonic range that you can using only your hands without messing with a single tone setting. Then go to a different tone setting and see what you can do with that. For me, that is a multi-thousand-hour process. I do not feel like I'm 100% dialed in with the way that I play. Even the the sound that I use 90% of the time, this, you know, bridge pickup on full, active, little bit of bass boost, treble all the way off, uh, jazz bass sound. Yeah, whew, sloppy, high action, raise the action, screw myself up. But... Even with this sound, I don't feel like I'm all the way there yet, and that's why I don't change my gear, and that's why I haven't changed my gear in a long time, is because I want to really challenge myself to get the most out of what I got. And I encourage you to do the same. Spend the time in the practice room, spend the time on stage, get it dialed in, do everything you can. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to subscribe to the mailing list on betterbase.substack.com. That's the home of the podcast. You'll get every episode delivered right to right to your inbox, and you can join the discussion there. Leave a comment. I'll do my best to uh, do my best to reply to everybody. Also, if you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or another uh, another streaming service, been working on getting this podcast listed as many places as I can, then leave a rating for the show. Leave me some stars. Really, really helps. Really helps get this out there, helps grow this thing, and helps me keep creating this. So, till next time, let's all be better bass players together, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.